Today's Sunday sermon has been made possible by the members of Southside Christian Fellowship Church and listeners like you. Thank you so much for your continued prayerful and financial support of this ministry. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and how to get involved, or simply want to give a gift, please just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net today. I'm excited today. Mother's Day is a special day uh, for mothers, not for fathers, but um, I, I always love getting a chance to reflect on, on my upbringing and, and share hope and, and just a, a good time, and it's always fun to make Mama nervous because she really doesn't know what I'm going to share today. And so, but I want to start out with something that's definitely traditionally church-related, and that's, you know, mama jokes. It's not traditional or church-related at all. Okay. What did the panda give his mommy? Oh, yes, a bear hug. What did the digital clock say to its mother? Look, ma, no hands. All right, just... One more or two more of these. A police officer was once asked what he would do if he had to arrest his own mother. His response, call for backup. <laughs> and you always hear the saying, sleep like a baby, but mothers don't want to sleep like a baby. They want to sleep like their husbands. <laughs> Amen. All right, so this morning what I really want to do for you is it's not, it's not a traditional sermon. It's just really some things I was praying about and the Lord really gave me and, and just kind of talking about it. But it's all centered around... Proverbs 31 talks about the virtuous woman, but specifically he gave me verse 25, and I began to look at verse 25, which, which just says, strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. And so as I, as I kind of go through some things today, that, that really is the, the crux of it, is just thinking about strength and dignity are her clothing. And I'll get into that a little bit more in just a minute. Uh, I, I shared this last year, but I think it bears repeating. And they're just, my mother taught me statements, and see if you can identify with any of these. I identify with several of them. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. She'd say, if you're, if you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. <laughs> My mother taught me religion. You better pray, that'll come out of the carpet. <laughs> My mother taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. <laughs> My mother taught me logic, because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me more logic. If you follow that swing and break your neck, you're not going to the store with me. She taught me irony. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. She taught me about the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. That's a thinker right there. She taught me about stamina. You'll sit there until you eat all the vegetables. She taught me about weather. This room of yours looks as if a tornado went through it. She taught me about hypocrisy. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times, don't exaggerate. (laughs) She taught me about envy. There are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have wonderful parents like you do. And my mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until your father gets home. If you're like me, you identify with several of those statements. And I think the one thing we can all agree on is that while not everybody in this room is a mother, we all have or had mothers. It's just, it's just one of the most awesome things that God created and set up. I look at our, our nation specifically and all of the things that women are fighting for, and I don't always understand, and I don't always necessarily agree, but one of the things that I wish they would do is stop saying that anything a man can do, I can do, 
I wish they would say, there are things I can do that a man can't do. I mean, I mean, that would just show so much strength because the reality is God blessed women with certain abilities that he did not bless us men with. I don't care what Hollywood says, I'll never possess the ability to carry a child. It's just not going to happen. And that's something precious. I think we also get that confused sometimes because when Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, one of the consequences was pain during childbirth, but the childbirth was never a part of the consequences or the punishment. Childbirth is something that should be celebrated and is awesome and something we should just be excited about. It's a gift from God. It is proof of God. We talk about all the things we can see with our eyes and the trees and the creation, but but the, the miracle of birth points to a Savior, an intelligent designer, a creator. The very act of birth is so awesome and amazing. And guess what? Only a woman can do that. So to me... A woman ought to be saying, there are things I can do that you men can't do. The reality is, as we talk about gender and some of the confusion, we are, we are seeing the enemy work because he knows the more confusion he brings, the less we, 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 we come together the way God told us to and wants us to, and the less strong we are, the weaker we are. We had a deacon's meeting week before last, and one of the things I was trying to tell them, and I didn't want to be offensive, but I was trying to put it in terms that were just simple, and, you know, because sometimes we, we want to take on the whole world. We want to do every single thing in the church because we want to be a part of the church, but God gave us gifts and talents, and we're supposed to use those gifts and those talents, and we're not necessarily supposed to try to do everything for the church. We're supposed to all work together. And so as we were talking with the deacons, I said, we're going to break it down this way, and that is the deacons need to have an eye and ear, the eyes and ears and, and, and mouthpiece and take, take care of the, the physical, natural uh, responsibilities of the church. Anything physical you see, anything in the natural, that's what you're responsible for. That doesn't mean you can't pray. That doesn't mean you can't work and see signs, wonders, and miracles follow you. But that's what burden you're taking off of the other leaders in our church, and you are a leader in the church. The elders are commissioned with taking care of the spiritual needs of the church. That doesn't mean that the elders can't do some of the physical work of the church. It just means when they're thinking about things and praying about things of the church, their main focus is on the spiritual needs of the church, and neither is more important than the other. Without a good deacon backbone and deaconesses, then we don't thrive. Without good elder board, we don't thrive. Together is how we function, and it's the same thing in everything God sets up, and it's the same thing with men and women. There are things that God ordained men to be able to do that he did not ask or want women to do. And it's not because they're lesser. And the quicker we grasp on to the idea that there are responsibilities and there are giftings and there are talents that God has blessed us with, and together we fit perfectly, that a woman cannot have a baby without the assistance of a man, then we're, we're not going to be as strong as God intended us to be. And that is the ultimate goal of the enemy is to separate us and keep us weak. So women, I want you to understand that it's not a matter of what you're being told. It's a matter of receiving what God tells you. It's not what man tells you. You can and can't do, you should or shouldn't do. It's what God told you you are and who you should be. And in that there is strength. When you think of Proverbs 31, 25, Again, strength and dignity are her clothing. I appreciate every one of you for coming in here clothed today. It does my heart good. I really appreciate that. So you understand the idea of putting clothes on. As I look out over the crowd, you all put on some nice clothes. 
Now we have different levels of what we consider nice, right? But none of you went and rolled around in the mud and then walked in here, right? If you had, I'd still receive it. You could still participate with us. But my point is you thought about it and you put on something that was nice and what we call appropriate, right? So what we're saying is God's saying in Proverbs that women take on that clothing of strength and dignity. Do you understand that dignity is not easy? Do you know that, that, that the things we put our mothers through not always easy for them to be dignified. Josh was sharing a few stories with you. I guarantee you mama really wanted to do more than what she did to us and some of the things that we put her through. But the reality is that she didn't because she is a woman of God, because she's a mother that God intended her to be. She puts on strength and dignity as her clothing. The second part of that talks about she smiles at the future. Other versions translate that as laughing. I mean, a lot of times we look at our future and we get scared. We look at what's going on in the United States right now alone. Forget the rest of the world. And there's fear that's being promoted. We're scared. But mothers look and just laugh. How can you laugh? you got confidence to know the security of the future because they know who provides that future. So that's what what women do. You know, she's not afraid of it. She's fully prepared for all emergencies. You know, that got me thinking about, have you ever looked in your mom's handbag her purse. I'm convinced today, right now, that if I asked uh, mamas to pull out, mamas, especially if you have kids that are of driving age, if you needed to pull out the supplies for an oil change right now, I believe you could do it. <laughs> I've just seen some amazing things come out of a purse. I, you know, just things I never even thought about, you know. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just wild to me. I mean, I, I was looking at some of the things that that I've seen my mama pull out over the years, and maybe you've got these things in there. Let's just do a quick inventory real quick. A wallet, pocket knife, hand lotion, Sharpie, Band-Aids, personal products, breath mints or candies, tissues. I don't have enough pockets for all that stuff already. Lip gloss, balm or liner, nail file, phone, notebook, pen, pencil, hair clip, ponytail, brush, aspirin. I bet if I slowed down, there'd be some woman, at least one, that could check off every one of those. Look, you're blessed if I got my keys on me right now, and I don't even think I do. I don't. Tammy's got my keys. I mean, just I don't even know where the keys are, much less whether I have my wallet or, or, or not. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. So I, I'm telling you this because women are prepared. We credit the Boy Scouts, but you know it was the Boy Scouts mamas that came up with that motto. <laughs> Be prepared didn't come from some man. It came from some mama. She prepared for all situations. <laughs> One of the things that happens with Mother's Day is we, we celebrate mamas and we, we buy them presents. We, we take care of them. We, 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 we make sure they know that we took care of them that one day a year so that it doesn't get lost. So the other 364 days, they'll go back to taking care of us. But there's a lot of myths with motherhood, a lot of myths out there. And what I want to do is read through some of these myths and see if you've thought about these. Somebody said that a child is carried in its mother's womb for nine months. Somebody doesn't know that a child is carried in a mother's heart forever. Somebody said it takes about six weeks to get back to normal after you've had a baby. Somebody doesn't know that once you're a mother, normal is history. Somebody said you learn how to be a mother by instinct. Somebody never took a three-year-old shopping. Somebody said being a mother is boring. Somebody never rode in a car driven by a teenager with a driver's permit. Somebody said, good mothers never raise their voices. 
Somebody never came out the back door just in time to see their child hit a golf ball through the neighbor's kitchen window. <laughs> Somebody said, you don't need an education to be a mother. Somebody never helped a fourth grader with his, with his math homework. I noticed how they picked out the math in that. I pulled these from somewhere else. I just noticed they put math. I don't know why it went something else. But Somebody said a mother can find all the answers to her child-rearing questions in books. Somebody never had a child stuff beans up their nose. <laughs> somebody said the hardest part of being a mother is labor and delivery, but somebody never watched their baby get on the bus for the first day of kindergarten. <laughs> See all the women, that's just proof right there. All the mom was like, ooh, the dads were like, what's the big deal? <laughs> Let me just encourage you men, don't say that today. Let it go. Somebody said a mother can stop worrying after her child gets married. <laughs> Somebody doesn't know that marriage adds a new son or daughter-in-law to a mother's heartstrings. Somebody said a mother's job is done when her last child leaves home. Somebody never had grandchildren. Somebody said you know, your mother knows you love her, so you don't need to tell her somebody isn't a mother. And I do encourage you to tell your mothers that you love them. But I encourage you to go a step further, and I'm not done. Go a step further. Mother's Day is the day that we take time to celebrate our moms, but it really shouldn't be a one-day-a-year thing. And telling them that we love them should be an everyday thing. Because as we had many people stand up who've lost their mother, I guarantee every one of them wants one more day just to be able to hug them or talk to them or tell them they love them. So don't, don't misunderstand that. Take every opportunity you can to tell your mama that you love her. I got to looking at the history of Mother's Day because I've celebrated it so many years. I didn't actually know who invented it or where it came from, and I want to know a little bit more about it. And, you know, it's just been a tradition. And it's the same thing in the church. There are lots of traditions that we have that are good traditions, but if you don't do them for the right reasons, you miss the blessing that's associated with that tradition. Take communion, for example. One of the things we, we're, we're doing this year is communion is open for you to take at any point in time. See, I can serve you communion, and you'll take it. But you're doing it more out of tradition for me telling you to take it. But when you're worshiping God and you're communing with him, you're not waiting on me to tell you when to take communion. You're going to have a communion right then and there. You're getting more benefit and blessing out of that because it's coming from a heart of worship. When you give your tithes and your offerings, there are lots of you that would put in just out of obligation just because the plate has passed and what God's got us doing is taking us out of our comfort zone and also putting us back to that point of not making it a tradition because things can start out in, in a good heart way where your heart's in the right place and it can move into a tradition place. And so God needs to shake that up, and that's what we're going through right now. So it's not that the years before when we passed a plate was wrong or bad, but it becomes a tradition where it just becomes an obligation. God's not looking for us to give out of obligation. He's looking for us to give out of a cheerful heart, out of recognition of what he's blessed us with. And so we give tithe and offering as part of our worship. We talk about... The Lord's Prayer, we've talked about that the last several weeks. It's a great prayer. And a lot of us grew up saying that, especially those of us that were in sports. But, you know, a lot of times we said that, but we don't necessarily understand what we're saying. And so saying it becomes a tradition. But when we start breaking it down and realizing that it points us back to the Father and to His love and the fact that truly we cannot do anything without Him, that's when it becomes that heart in the right place and no longer just a tradition. I could go on and on. There's lots of things in the church that are good, but they become traditions. And the same thing is true about Mother's Day. We've done it so many times and so long that we don't even really know where it came from or, or what it's about. 
And so I want to just kind of break down some of what Mother's Day is about. And I promise I'm coming back around to why all this is important, if you'll just bear with me for a few minutes here. I looked up with history.com. It's part of the History Channel. They talked about the, the clearest modern precedent for Mother's Day in the early Christian church was festivals known as Mothering Sunday. And what they would do is it's much like we, we see homecomings. You know, once a year you'd, you'd send out the message for homecoming and everybody that used to go to church, they would come home and they'll, they'll have a service together. And Mothering Sunday was like that. They did Mothering Sunday and everybody came home to their, their original church and they celebrated and worshiped together. So that's kind of where it started. And over the years it merged with other, other holidays and traditions and eventually it became what we know it today in America. Um, you know, did you know that many, that more phone calls are made on Mother's Day than any other day of the year? Any other day, including Father's Day, just so you know. Phone traffic spikes as much as 37%, they say. This is the part I didn't know about that I thought was really cool. The origins of Mother's Day go back, in America at least, to Civil War time, when our country was really divided. And right now our country is currently divided, right? Uh, praise God we're not at war like we saw or read about, for those of us that weren't old enough to go through the Civil War, that... You know, we're not at war like that yet, but I believe that if we're not prayerful and don't turn our hearts back to God, that something like that awaits us in the future. So it's very important for us to have a better perspective of what's going on in the spiritual realm. And I believe that's what these mothers did, and that's kind of the, the precedent they set. Uh, they, they started back in Civil War Day, and there were a couple of ladies, Ann Reeves, Jarvis, and Julia Ward Howe, that are credited with kind of bringing this around. And what they did was they started what they called Mother's Day Work Clubs, and they were using those to teach local women how to properly care for their children. And I thought, you know, nowadays we deal with rejection if we try to help somebody care for their kids. There, there's so much negative that goes along with it. How dare you talk to me about how to raise my kids? But the reality is both parties need to come together to realize that, especially in the church, there are those that are more experienced and knowledgeable, and not only should they be allowed to come in and speak to you and help you, but they should be welcomed. We should be seeking out those that have experience. We shouldn't be shutting them out. That's what these mothers were, were trying to do. And three years after the Civil War, a lot of times when you read that in a history book, you read the war was over, and in my mind, I can tell you that my thought was, good, we went back to normal, right? You went, but you don't realize there's so much carryover from the fighting and the hatred and everything, that, that just because the war ended doesn't mean that everybody was okay and now we had a 100% joined country. There's still a divide. But these mothers got together and reached out and established something called Mother's Friendship Day, and they reached out to both sides, the Confederate and the Union soldiers, and they tried to bring peace. That's what mothers do. They try to bring peace. They try to bring us together. They brought peace. They called it Mother's Friendship Day. I wanted to get into just a little bit here, and I, I just ask you to, to hear, hear my heart. I'm not a very, I don't like to be confrontational. I don't like to be controversial. But I, I'm also learning that if we don't talk about some of the things that are going on in our country, we can never address them and never solve them. If there's no communication going on, then there's not going to be a solution. And it's not just a matter of hiding our closets and pray to God. We've got to be an active part of, of loving people and sharing with them. And one of the, one of the ladies that, 
that was responsible for kind of helping bring Mother's Day around. Uh, they said was, she was an abolitionist and a suffragette. And I'd heard those terms before, but I had to look them up. So for those of you that don't know an abolitionist, is just somebody that, that was against slavery. They wanted to abolish slavery, but not just abolish slavery, but they wanted people to be totally free, totally free. Ironically, one of the things that, that we don't talk a lot about is the fact that even though America was founded to be a free country, we still didn't treat everybody free. It's amazing what the enemy will come in and justify and do to keep people down. And it's still going on to some extent. A suffragette is someone who fought for women's right to vote. What I didn't realize was, I didn't think about the fact that that's been an ongoing issue in other countries. I tend to think of things just in America. And it wasn't until uh, 1920 that women were even given the right to vote on paper. Like, in other words, legally, technically, they were allowed to vote, but there were a lot of roadblocks in the way. What's more amazing to me about that is we have the 15th Amendment that was actually uh, approved and adopted in 1870. Now, notice I just told you that 1920 women were finally given the right to vote. But in 1870, we wrote an amendment that says the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. So with the 15th Amendment, we already said it shouldn't matter about race. But notice what's not in there. Gender. See, we're, we've been so, we're so focused on the race issues that are going on, we forget there are other issues with gender, and that's the way the enemy likes it. As long as he can keep us confused, it doesn't matter. If we solve this issue, there's three more over here that are waiting to attack us. We've got to begin to have dialogue and conversation, and we bring God to that conversation. It's not just a matter of passing laws and marching and protesting and all those things may be well and good. It's a matter of bringing Jesus to the table. It's a matter of inviting God into the conversation. That is the only true way we have freedom and solutions to our problems. It, it, it's amazing to me the, the ways the enemy has lied to us. I've been one of those that has struggled to understand some of the arguments and some of the, the, the frustration that I'm hearing come out of people. The riots that are happening and, and the, 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 just the, the, the hatred. I haven't understood. And I've, I've been one of those that have been like, we don't have slavery anymore. What is everybody crying out about? What are they fussing and fighting about? I don't understand. Our country is so much better off now than it was in the 1800s and even the early 1900s. But through dialogue and communication, I'm beginning to have a better understanding. Because you see, what I do know is that with people crying out in the streets, regardless of their perspective, regardless of right and wrong, they're crying out for freedom. They're crying out for change. They might not even realize it, but they really are crying out for a Savior. Amen. They're looking to the only things that they know that can be their Savior. So we write new laws, and we march, and we protest, and we riot. I mean, it's so, it's so crazy, and we've talked about it. I've talked about it with some of you guys, and... and, and the riots are so backwards from this standpoint. We're warning people to be treated fair and free, and yet we go to the streets and we destroy other people's businesses that are in that same march and protest. That's the enemy at work. That's the enemy at work trying to keep us confused. So in one aspect, we feel like we're making progress, and he's just back here doing his same thing he's been doing since the Garden of Eden, and he's lying to us and manipulating us. We've been talking about identity and gender today a lot. That's that same thing he's lying in the background. God did not make gender complicated. Man has complicated that. 
The problem is we haven't always treated each other with respect and love. And so when we do that and people don't know our Savior, they run to whatever solution they think will give them that love. And if that means i got to change my entire body, then I'm going to do that because I think it's going to get me that love that I'm looking for. And as the church, we have to reach out with true love to explain that God made you, he made you who you are, and he did not make a mistake. That he loves you regardless of what man is telling you. That's what we have to do. One more thing and I'll move on because this really, I didn't understand this. Again, like I said, I know from history that women have not been treated right. They've not always been treated equal. And I'm not just talking about in America. I'm talking about all through history. You know, men have not always done what they were supposed to do with women. They have not treated them with the love and the respect that God told us to. So again, going back and just taking that one issue for women of voting. In 1870, America tried to right the wrong and say that we'll now let people vote, but not women. And then in 1920, we did write another law, said no, no, we'll let women vote. But in those days, there were still obstacles. And one of the reasons we see we see people crying out about like the voting uh, laws that are passed in Georgia. We see all these people crying out because they are concerned because of the past and what's happened. We were told that everybody would be treated equal at a certain time. We passed these laws in 1870 and 1920 and still was till 1965 before we actually were able to let people vote and register, right? Let me give you one proof of that. When Martin Luther uh, King marched and we had the um, riots and they fought for the uh, voting rights and civil rights and they finally got them passed. Uh, they got them signed into law. By the end of 1965, a quarter of a million, that's 250,000 new black voters had been registered and by the end of 1966, nine out of 13 southern states had over 50% of African Americans registered to vote. If we passed the law in 1870, why did it take 100 years for that many people to register? Now, I told you I was going to be brave today. And I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. Stick with me. And it is about mamas. But from my perspective, I've avoided those conversations for so long. I don't want conflict. I don't want confrontation. 1965 wasn't that long ago. And there's still people living that experience that. So when they cry out, there's a fear there as well that things are going to go back because man has constantly said, okay, we're going to treat you equal only to put more barriers in the way. What it is is man doesn't realize that that's the enemy that is coming in and using his arguments to cause us to create division amongst ourselves. And we've got to come together as a church and show people, and the way we do that is have conversation. And we show them what love is. We quit hiding and we quit pretending things aren't problematic simply because our little bubble is going well. You see, God called us to go into all the nations, not just our little community and stuff. And it's not easy. These are uncomfortable conversations. But if we will bring Jesus to the table, it will make it much more comfortable. And there will be a true solution to every problem that we have, whether it's America or any other country. But only when we bring Jesus to the table. I told you I'd bring it full circle. Mother's Day started in an effort to do this very thing, to bring people together. And so I'm telling you that mothers are so very important just for that, that alone. That alone. I want to share two more thoughts with you about this. 
I was telling Tammy as I was praying about this, it, it, all of a sudden I realized that, you know, God created Adam first. All the men puffed their chest up. That's right. Created men first. God looked at man and he said, that joker's going to need somebody to help him out. <laughs> That's right. So he created women. Amen. And guess what? Women are the strength and the backbone. That's why Proverbs talks about she clothes herself in strength and dignity. And see, God created women to be that helpmate, not a lesser being, but a helpmate. I want to read you a poem as I get ready to close here. And I do want to preface this poem by letting you know that um, um, it was written, I don't remember, I don't have that down. It was written by, I don't have that down either, where do I have that? Catherine Nelson Davis, I apologize. Written by Catherine Nelson Davis, I will go ahead and preface this to let you know that back in the day the word gay did not mean what it means today. Gay meant happy. So there is the word gay in this poem. It means happy. I tried to replace it with happy. It doesn't have the same flow. So I'm going to leave it the way the author intended. Just wanted to give you that preface. All right, here we go. A mother is someone to shelter and guide us, to love us whatever we do, with a warm understanding and infinite patience and wonderful gentleness too. How often a mother means swift reassurance in soothing our small childish fears. How tenderly mothers watch over their children and treasures them all through the years. The heart of a mother is full of forgiveness for any mistake, big or small, and generous always in helping her family whose needs she has placed above all. A mother can utter a word of compassion and make all our cares fall away. She can brighten a home with the sound of her laughter and make a life delightful and gay. A mother possesses incredible wisdom and wonderful insight and skill. In each human heart is that one special corner which only a mother can feel. As I read that, the Lord laid this on my heart. I'm going to read this to you one more time with one substitution. Then I'm going to close. Our God is someone to shelter and guide us to love us whatever we do. With a warm understanding and infinite patience and wonderful gentleness too. How often our God means swift reassurance and soothing our small childish fears. How tenderly God watches over his children and treasures them all through the years. The heart of our God is full of forgiveness for any mistake big or small. And generous always in helping his family whose needs he has placed above all. Our God can utter a word of compassion and make all our cares fall away. He can brighten a home with the sound of his laughter and make life delightful and gay. Our God possesses incredible wisdom and wonderful insight and skill. In each human heart is that one special corner which only our God can feel. What I substituted there was a mother, and I put our God in there. And what I really see is that when we look at our mothers, what we see is God. Not God, little g. Okay? Now, we're not, we're not worshiping and idling our mothers as a God, but we see our Savior coming through our mothers. You see, when God made women, He made a mother. And when He made a mother, He made her in His image. So when you look at your mother, I pray you see our God. And women today, remember that God did make you in His image and likeness. In fact, He made you special, and He loves you very much. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. 
We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.